0: Nation, nation purple and gold family stand to your feet put your crossbones up and lean
1: side to side yeah and lean side to side yeah and lean side to side come on yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 welcome to the island man it's crazy in here a whole sea of purple and gold waving in here keep a plank on the short tank traders we wear because we got a whole bunch of body sailors in here Welcome into the Sports of Jake—a Very special nights. We're going to be talking hoops and a lot of life and a lot of other great stuff. Maybe even some NASCAR with a gentleman we have on tonight, Bubba.
2: Yeah, when we had this guy on the show, there's no telling uh, what we'll talk in addition to college basketball. Uh, welcome back in, Coach Mac McCarthy. Coach, how are you?
0: I'm good, guys. Good to be with y'all again. I and NASCAR. I, this is pretty good timing. They they uh, they announced a few new rules today, and uh, that, yeah. none of them are real big, but one of them is particularly uh, exciting to me. So I know we'll get into it before we get off here.
1: All right, sounds good, Coach. Uh, welcome in. Glad to have you and. That means it's basketball season. Want to get your thoughts overall uh, so far? I guess we could start with ECU with the men's team. Uh, there's been it's funny, Coach. that I was thinking about you and Bubba and all the Pirate Nation. Isn't it funny how January is like a, the bad movie? We see this every. We're like, okay, we have the great start, and then like last year, for example, we had Brandon Suggs go down six games. He's out. We go on a losing streak. This year, we have our point guard with Javon Small. I'm really happy with Coach Schwartz, And you know how I feel. I told you it's not a coaching problem. We have a commitment problem. But I uh, love Coach, what he's doing with recruiting. We can talk about that. But just disappointed for him because they were off to a nice start. And then all of a sudden, we flip the calendar. It's 2023, January. And, like, here we go again.
0: Yeah, you know, we we've we talked about this and beat the dead horse quite a bit about the uh, about, about the resources and support and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, one thing th- there have been a couple things that were encouraging uh, from that aspect. Uh, the the first thing was the the number of buy games and they had six or seven or eight Buy games, where you know where you're getting those home games that you don't have to return. Then they had a couple neutral court games, which are always good. Uh, you know, much better than playing at somebody's place. So that was really encouraging to me that the that the uh, athletic department, the university, whoever was willing to make that kind of commitment because that helped get off to a much better start than the roster would have indicated that that you might expect. Uh, we, I was, I was on the staff. In different capacities for five years, we bought one game. We bought one Division One game. Wow! They, they bought—I think they bought eight this year. We bought one in five years. Uh, so that's a step in the right direction. Uh, the other thing that they appear to be doing—and I don't—I don't know this for a fact. That I'm getting this secondhand, but apparently they've had more. They—they they have more charters, Every uh, American than, game coach, than they've ever had before. And I can't tell you, we've discussed this before too, but the, the wear and tear on everybody, the getting back the, the night of the game and getting that rest. Uh, it's just so invaluable and not having to change planes and make stops. And and with the delays and air travel yeah. at this point, you, you never know what you're going to get. So uh, so those are two really encouraging things. And then I, I hear nothing. I have not met Coach Sports yet. I've met the staff. Um, I've been in the building some because I walk over there or in the football stadium. Uh, pretty much over there every day, so, and uh, I've I've heard him uh, coaching him up down there. But I have not been able to meet him yet. But uh, but clearly uh, a lot of folks that uh, that are true basketball supporters like you guys uh, are very excited about how he's handled things. Whether it's meeting with the Pirate Club before the games or or just running into him in the community. So so good for him.
2: One of the things that's been good to see this year, Coach, is um, those guys that did return who were largely unproven outside of Brandon Johnson. You had seen some good things from R.J. Felton. But um, that nucleus that uh, for this year's team that uh, Joe Dooley had brought in and Coach Schwartz gave that staff credit, um, Javon Small, Brandon Johnson, and R.J. have um, all had very solid years.
0: Yeah, and it was good that, that, you know, there was some continuity there and because uh, that, that doesn't always happen when there's a coaching change. And, uh, you know, we, we've, we've talked about NIL and the transfer portal. And the, the one thing, the one place i think the transfer portal has some some uh you know relevancy is is when there are coaching changes I, I think that's one time where they ought to get that exception but uh when there aren't coaching changes and i don't mean to go down this road because uh you know, that that would lead us off in a bad direction but yeah it's been great that there's some continuity and i'm glad that uh that they recognized there was some work being done before they got here and uh one other real positive thing and i you know i i'm Jumping around a little bit, but one more real positive thing is the fact that Houston and Cincinnati and Central Florida will be gone. You know, that, that, you know, that they have, you know, two of the three have long histories of being great basketball programs. And yeah, the league will miss them, but that one loss column will not miss them. Uh, and Central Florida has their own built in advantages, but You know, you're talking about Charlotte coming in. And, yeah, they've got some history, but they haven't been good in a while. And Florida Atlantic is having a really good year. A guy named Dusty May doing a really good job. North Texas up and down. Rice up and down. We've been been in leagues with Rice before. UAB, um, UTSA. uh, This is going to be a whole different animal with those six teams leaving and uh, those other three teams getting out. Yeah, that's something I was going to
2: actually bring up later in the – in the conversation but since you did coach and we'll go ahead and discuss it now obviously you have houston everybody knows what they're doing Uh, they're still number one in the net even though they had that recent loss to temple uh, cougars 20 and 2 then uh, you referenced ucf They're sixty 65 in the net cincinnati 78 in the net Um, some of those teams that are coming in uh, you have fau who's having uh, probably Maybe the best year in school history, at least in a long time, 19-1, uh, and one, number 19 in the net, uh, North Texas, 16-5, 63rd, UAB, 73rd, and then Charlotte uh, having their best season in quite a while, and uh, under Ron Sanchez, and then they're 96, so you're bringing in four top 100 teams this year.
0: Yeah, and and, and again, the, you know, those, it's not that they're bad at basketball programs, but the, none of them have the history of a of a Cincinnati, uh, you know, all the way back to Oscar Robertson or obviously uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, and uh, you know the that group that was, uh, you know, there for for a long time and uh uh yeah but but, uh you you mentioned uh florida atlantic having an exceptional deal charlotte's headed in the right direction uh florida atlantic's an interesting deal you know them and florida international are down there and they both bounced around leagues too and florida atlantic seems to be the more stable of the two obviously and uh, and they tried it. They tried. Gosh, did, didn't they try? I know they tried the the UNLV guy, Sidney Green. They tried Mike Curry. Uh, they tried a bunch. Of Isaiah Thomas. Did not they try Isaiah Thomas? They tried a bunch of pro guys, and none of that worked. And they they hired Dusty May, and he's done a really good job. And like you said, Coach Sanchez at Charlotte uh, with the Virginia background and all that kind of thing, uh, doing well. And. Um, Gosh, uh, Kennedy at uh, UAB, uh, you know, he's done it at all kind of different levels and uh, uh, he'll do a good job. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it it ain't going to be easy, but it will be easier. Yeah, I was thinking about that as well. Very quickly, Dave, um, since you brought up Isaiah, he was actually uh, FIU. Okay, I I, I can get those two mixed up, but I know Sydney Green and Mike Curry, the other two pro guys, were I know they were there. I, I even we even coached against Sydney uh, Green. I know Mike Curry real well, and he's around with Jerry Stackhouse over at uh, uh, Vanderbilt. Well, coach, uh,
1: with Coach, uh, with the with with the program heading and it looks like in the right direction. One of the things I was happy, Bubba, I wanted to mention this too uh, with Coach Schwartz that I've been really happy with is. Recruiting in the 252 and I wanted to ask you that question I I know we had a commit from today from Goldsboro I believe it is I don't know anything Bubba if you can help me Uh, I know that he's from Goldsboro which I'm really happy about and I wanted to ask uh, get Bubba to talk about and then coach I want to ask you how difficult is to get guys from our neck of the woods to come to East Carolina. But Bubba, can you mention Yeah, Dave, name?
2: you're correct. A um, young man out of Goldsboro, 6'6", about 215 or 20 pounds. Um, his only offer, I believe, was Alabama A&M. Um, Takari, it looks like Takori, but Takari Faison. Um, so, uh, Coach Mack, had you seen that?
0: I had not. I, I haven't really followed the recruiting side of it at all, to be honest. Yeah. So, well, I, yeah,
2: well, Dave, um, uh, a little about him. Uh, he had... I think he's averaging 26 or 27 points and about 12 or 13 rebounds per game. Um, mm-hmm. Watching a little bit of you know, footage on him um, definitely seems very explosive. And it seems, seems like a nice add um, despite the limited offer list.
1: Yeah. How difficult is it, Coach? Uh, you've been in those shoes. How difficult is it to get a kid? You know, we've got kids locally that are not even a gas tank. They're literally right across town they're going to the Dukes, the Carolinas, the NC States of the world. How hard is it to get those guys? Even if you don't get the best guy, that's what I've always talked about. At least you see this frustrating for me is even if you don't get the best guy on the team, local teams that are very good, can you get the second or third best guy on some of these championship teams that I know it's not that easy, but I just wonder if it, we can do a better job of recruiting in Pitt County and Lenore County with Kinston and, in Eastern North Carolina,
0: well, recruiting is still the hardest thing to do, uh, you know. And you've got to you got to show a commitment. You've got to show some hope. You've got to you, and you have to sell yourself, obviously, which has probably been the the, the best thing we've had to sell, you know, recently is uh, is is the coach. And uh, uh, but there are a lot of a lot of complexities here. You you want to recruit close by. Uh, that would drum up more local support uh, in, in some ways. And uh, and that's a double-edged sword because they, they know a lot about you, and that can be good, and that can be bad. Um, you know, East Carolina, it, we've talked about it a million times, but, it, you know, it doesn't have that history of, of great basketball. Um, and some kids will see that as an opportunity, and some kids will see that as a detriment. Uh, one thing that's really changed with recruiting local kids, even if you're not going to get them, you better recruit them because you might get them on the on the bounce back. Oh yeah. Um, you 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 better you better stay in good stead with them. Uh, you better handle it well. You better not get mad. You better not get out of it early just because you know you're not going to get them. You better keep recruiting them because you might not be recruiting them for this signing period, but you might be recruiting them for that next signing period. And that is one thing that has changed dramatically. Uh, one other thing about recruiting local players, I, I heard this all the time. Chattanooga was pretty good in, in high school basketball. The surrounding area was pretty good, and they were always encouraging us to <laughs> – maybe encouraging might not be a strong enough word, but they were always trying to get us to take local guys. And, you know, the, the best thing you can get is a local guy who can play. The worst thing you can get is a local guy who can't play. Right. And, and, and so so you, you better be sure he's going to be a really good player. You don't want to take an average player or less than average player uh, that's a local guy because everybody's going to be in his ear. Why aren't you playing? Why aren't you as good as you were in high school? So you, uh, you you have to be careful and take all those things into consideration.
1: Just like Amaya Joyner with Farmville, she's done a nice job this year making transition to, to uh, Kim McNeil's team. I'm really happy for the job she's doing
0: yeah and you know we used to talk about this all the time and uh you never know when you're gonna get uh you know guys to come back we got at Chattanooga we had a guy come back a local guy come back from Miami one come back from Memphis one come back from Florida State one come back from Western Kentucky uh you just never know it's it's uh it, you better handle those and this and it's more important now than it was then because you used to have to sit out but uh now you got that free pass come on back and play right away now coach mac like you said it, every situation's different every kid's
2: different as far as how they perceive the uh you know what's important to when they're picking a school and of course it varies just in just the options they have on the table and so on and so forth but uh you know, going back to 15 plus years ago with your experience there, um, both as an assistant coach and then three years as a head coach. What did you experience on on the recruiting trail as far as uh, East Carolina's limited success in basketball and, and uh, how that was perceived by recruits and affected things? Yeah,
0: you know, and and it wasn't great in terms of, uh, getting into living rooms. Um, you know, we worked really hard at it and had good assistant coaches, uh, um, outside of me, we had, we had good ones other than me, but, uh, but we, we worked really hard at, uh, at getting in on kids and getting in on them early. And the big thing for us, uh, was if we could get them to campus, uh, then we had a fighting chance. And, uh, you know, Campus is much different than uh, a lot of people have in their minds, uh, and it's gotten nothing but better, uh, you know, since since I started here in whatever, 2005 or whatever it was, almost 20 years ago. So, uh, you know, that, that was a big selling point. And I didn't even know. Uh, all I had ever seen uh, when, when we played here, whether I was at VCU or wherever, all I ever saw was the Hilton, Parkers, and the gym. That was all I saw. So uh, I didn't know about the rest of campus and the quad and all this. I I didn't realize how, how nice campus was. And, and like I said, they've made great improvements with the student center and the other buildings. And of course the extension of 10th street and all that kind of thing. Uh, uh, It, it is a completely different looking campus than it was when I arrived here back in the day.
1: Uh, Coach, as far as uh, one things I've heard in pirate nation, I won't get your take on this to put you on the spot. I would never do that. Right. Um, When it comes to, But I appreciate your honesty. That's why I'm asking you, your basketball background. When it comes to NIL, one of the things I've heard from Pirate Nation is uh, we need to stick to NIL for football only. And I'm disappointed to hear that because I'm a pirate guy through and through. If it's tiddlywinks, whatever the sport is. And I understand it's going to be difficult, some of the Olympic sports to give NIL deals. But when it comes to basketball, uh, Bubba helped me out. Wasn't that uh, SMU that was giving like, it's, it comes out to be about 2 or $3 million. Yes,
2: uh, mm-hmm. A- SMU, um, you know, obviously 85 scholarship football players and then 13 in basketball. Those 98 student athletes receive is either thirty-five or 36000 for NIL. So yeah, that came out to be just shy of $3.3 3 million. And obviously SMU is uh, an extreme example because
1: of uh, the money that we know they have there. Yeah, I was just curious. Uh, I'm just curious your thoughts on My point. The reason I brought that up. Will that help at all? If we could do something like that, will that help with uh, getting recruits? Or they're going to say, "Well, East Carolina doesn't have the history." I guess this goes back to what you talk about. If they feel like they can come in and contribute early on, maybe they would take a chance on us. But I was just wondering if that would help us with uh, something like that, where you give. We don't have the millions of dollars lying around for every single player. We know that, but maybe thirty-five thousand. Can we do that? Twenty-five thousand, even for a basketball player.
0: Well, it would matter a lot, um, you know. And and don't get me wrong; there, there are no kids out there just sitting there waiting for the their highest bidder. That that's not how any of this works. And it, I used to laugh at people who say, "Well, you know, school X was was cheating." Well, they weren't the only one cheating. You know, they, they still had to recruit the young man uh, or young lady. But uh, I, I mean, I almost. Uh, threw up in my mouth a little bit when you talked about the football thing not we all just do it for football we shouldn't do it for anything else that's how we got into shape we're in and then you put all your eggs in one basket the basket doesn't do too well and then you're in trouble but uh but hey, there, I, th- I don't think <laughs> I don't know that that's a decision you have to make the the money will will come and it'll follow uh the interest uh you know we have basketball supporters and and I'm sure they'll want to Participate in that for basketball. We have we have a lot of people that are really interested in golf. A lot that are really interested in swimming, and, and that's that's one of the good things. Uh, you know, the the really tough thing, and again, you know, it's not like the first time we broached this subject. The really tough thing is there is there's a finite number out there uh, with the dollars, and where are those dollars going to go? You want them to improve facilities? Uh, you want them to go into annual giving for scholarships? Uh, you know, that, that there's not but so much money out there. Can you maintain the level of fundraising you're doing? And on top of that, raise money for the collectives or whatever NIL shape uh, this thing takes place? Because th- there's no there's no quid pro quo with those. You're donating money philanthropically. You're not getting tickets and you're not getting parking spaces and right. you're not getting your name in the program. You're giving money because you love ECU and you want them to win. That's a whole different animal than the the transactional thing that you get with donating to the school or the athletic department.
1: And Bubba, I was going to mention, because Bubba is big with the Pirate Club. It's like now, Coach, I was thinking about this a couple weeks ago. It's like a three-pronged approach when it comes to, we've got the scholarships for Pirate Club. Yeah, Pirates Unite, which is the capital campaign we've raised over 15 uh, it's like 25 percent of the way i think it uh, helped me out bubba you're the math guy <laughs> but uh 60 million dollar yeah a little
2: category. over 25 i went to
1: east carolina give me a break coach <laughs> yeah we're, and we're, then right we're around, around
2: a little, yeah, little over 16 million raised dave for pirates unite
1: okay and so then three and a half, half toward the uh seven million uh, in baseball so the reality is coach you have we used to have just pirate club but if you look at it now it's three theaters of war you have pirate club you have uh, the Pirates Unite campaign. And then we have the NIL with the Boneyard. Uh, is that right? Help me out, Bubba. Boneyard, uh, Team Boneyard, I'm sorry, as a collective that we're yeah. entering Hank Hinton and all those great folks. That are here
2: out. recently, they, they've made um, tremendous strides uh, over the last two or three weeks. Obviously, those relationships have been uh, existing or being uh, cultivated for quite some time now. But those things are coming to fruition. Uh, they made the announcement that 25 to 30 local businesses have uh, donated to Team Boneyard, and uh, you you had Bagel Man with 50 grand, uh, you had Basil's five grand, you had um, Sup Dogs, it's I think 10 grand, 10 or 15 grand. So it's it's great to see,
1: and uh, obviously all all those five and six figure donations add up what am I by friends at Parker's uh, they given Come on, Parker's come on now. Um, no, I'm kidding. But that, what I was saying is like, you were, you making that point before we just had pirate club and now we've got three different prong, like a tri-prong, a three-prong thing approach of raising money. So that that's been my concern is that where do we get those when it comes to the pirate club, where do we get those hundred dollar donors that are, there's thousands of those out there graduates. We have a guy with, uh, with uh JR uh that loves our show. Um, he actually is a guy who was at your neck of the woods in Virginia coach.
0: I know Jr very well.
1: Yeah, and then he and he moves down here, he retires here because we're a great college town. And the guy knows stats as better than anybody. I probably he should be on the staff at ECU. He's so good with stats. Him and Bubba could like run the, like stats <laughs> like nobody's business, but Um, We need more of those people that didn't go to ECU, that love ECU, you know, for they don't have to be. I think sometimes we get in the trap of that has to be a graduate to donate. No, we can take we'll take everybody that wants to give.
0: Yeah. And the you know, the old uh, question that always pops up, which comes first, the winning or the money? Um, and it's hard, it's hard to sell uh, that, give us the money and then we'll win. But, uh, but that's, that's the situation we're in. And, you know, you mentioned the three-prong attack and, and we haven't even mentioned the uh, the the actual reason for the place is uh, the academic side is asking for some money too.
1: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm trying to give it to my, uh, don't hold this against me guys, but I'm a political science major, so I can't control what's going on in Washington and Raleigh, but. (laughs) <laughs> um, that,
0: <laughs> no one can apparently
1: yeah exactly so uh but seriously i will give like to my department and you know like a general fund or different things and whatever it takes to, to help a school out but but that's my concern now is that all the like are we fighting against monks ourselves where we're
0: yeah
1: like what like if i have a hundred dollars and that's all i have to give and i want to i mean where do i you know like if you're a fan well, we need help with scholarships, but some people don't think that's sexy enough, I guess. But we do need those student athletes to to, to pay for their scholarship. Then when you say, hey, oh, by the way, we need $60 million, uh, to keep up with the, the arms race for the other schools. And then the whole new wrinkle of NIL, which is something that I was just asking coach in the green room if he would coach during this time. And you gave me the emphatic no. So. Uh, That's a, you know, when you see Coach Roy Williams, Coach Mike Krzyzewski, a lot of these great coaches, and then you were telling me a whole bunch of ADs have quit too, Coach, over this? Way
0: more ADs than coaches have said, uh, you know, this isn't what I signed up for.
1: But um, what would you do if we could make you commissioner of college athletics? What would you do to um, rein into all the mess? It's it's like a whole bunch of stuff is happening way too, it just feels way too fast, way too rushed and um with the athletes it's like be careful what you wish for because if they become employees you can fire them if they don't catch a a football or they don't make that winning shot in basketball they don't hit the home run to send you to Omaha
0: and if they're employees uh the next step is it's not going to be uh a tax write-off when you donate money either Uh, that's going to be a really big thing uh uh, I don't think people have thought about that. But, you know, a, t- a little background. Uh, I've, I've been thinking about this, been on a ton of shows lately and that kind of thing. But a lot of the transfer portal stuff and NIL stuff came about because of coaches' salaries. Coaches' salaries getting, I mean, $10 million is the is the old $5 million, you know, uh, in, in football coaches. And, and we're headed that way with basketball coaches too. But everybody overreacted to that, or, or maybe they overreacted, but you know, uh, in conjunction with that. But they kept talking about the coaches can move, which isn't true, without penalty, and the uh, and the coaches are making so much money. The players can't move, and they're not making any mo- They're not making any of the money. Well no, none of those things were absolutely true but that's how all this started. And the NCAA the first thing they did said well coaches can move but uh, let, let's we, we can throw the players a bone and we'll, we'll give them we'll give them a situation where they can they can move freely. You know only five sports couldn't do it anyway. But well, let's go ahead and like let let's do that. Well that in itself would have been something you could have handled from an athletic department standpoint from a coach's standpoint. But then you throw in the NIL on top of that. And, again, that's a direct result of, of the public saying the coaches are getting all this money. The people doing all the work in the games, the people we're paying to see, they're not getting a part of the money. And that's how NIL got it, you know, got its you know, momentum going. Uh, one, I will say one of the things that's been a good thing about the NIL is there are some really creative things out there. You know, and, you know, there, there are a lot of things involving charities. um, There are a lot of individuals who are taking it on themselves. I saw a young lady, a women's basketball player the other day. She did a coaching, uh, a cooking clinic where people paid to come in and watch her cook and then ate the food. Wow. And that would, that was her little NIL niche, or maybe it's a big NIL niche. I don't know. But, uh, but I will say, local charities have probably gotten a big boost because that's one of the things that a lot of these NILs have tied into is, is doing community service kinds of things. But uh, uh, there are a lot of creative ways to, to make money. And uh, I think the student athletes are probably coming up with more of those creative ways than, than maybe even the people with the collectives.
1: One of the things that we saw, and I won't name any names, but when it came to the football team this past year, past season. One of the things we predicted two years ago um when this came down with NIL is there were players jealous of other players. I'll just leave it at that. I won't start naming names because I love all of them. Um something that I really have worried about is that we don't mind the players getting paid. It's just the the wild wild west and what you can do, what you can't do. This state can do this, this state can't do that. And that's the one thing that I've been upset about. But um anyway, we've talked enough yeah. about
0: Dave, a thought right there, you know, and not only states, but even schools, there are some schools that have embraced the NIL to the point where they say, yeah, wear our uniforms, use our name and use our name, use our brand to, to further your brand. And then there are some schools that, that, that are not allowing that. And, uh, uh, and, and And both of them have good reasons for doing what they're doing. But even that is different from school to school, not even state to state.
1: Now let's talk about being that you're uh on on TV this year. Uh obviously you've been doing that for a long time. Uh talk about some of the uh, players you've seen in person and on TV that you've actually uh, watched on TV as well.
0: Well, it, it actually uh, my my uh the last couple of years I've been trending more toward uh more women's basketball than I have men's basketball. I uh, probably ninety percent of my schedule this year is women's basketball, which uh, has been really fun. I've been doing a lot of games in Blacksburg, where Virginia Tech is very good. Been doing a lot of games in Charlottesville, where Virginia, who had won five games in each of the last two seasons, won its first twelve games. So they were one of the really good national stories, and uh, and and that was fun. And I've I've been seeing almost all the. Uh, by now, I've seen almost all the uh, ACC teams. And uh, the men, the, as bad as the men are this year, the women are pretty darn good. So uh, uh, the men's thing is really interesting. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of pretty good teams. There's no great team this year. And, uh, and I don't think that's really unusual all the way across the country. But certainly the ACC is not up to the level. And, of course, last year they weren't either but uh but they had teams good enough that duke and carolina at least made a run into the into the final four and i don't know that i see that team uh virginia is probably the best team in the league um and clemson bless their heart and, and good for brad brownell he's doing a heck of a job and they keep uh pulling the uh the you know fat out of the fire and and winning close games but uh I mean that's not an ACC championship team as you as you look at the the pieces. Now they're playing very well, but uh, uh, you know Carolina and Duke are still very talented. But there's there are also some just bad teams in the league. You know that uh, you know Georgia Tech is just not very good. Florida State hadn't played well. Louisville is a dumpster fire. Uh, there there are some bad teams in the ACC, which is really hurting the rest of the league because. You know that when they do those quad one, quad two, quad three, quad four wins and losses, uh, there there going to be some there going to be some bad marks on some folks' report card uh, nationally. Uh, you know the Big Twelve is clearly the best league in the country. Uh, I don't know that they have a bad team. Texas Tech was really struggling to win a game, and you you know if you paid any attention last night, they came from twenty two or twenty three down late in the, late in the game to to beat Iowa State, who's been ranked all year and doing a really good job. Uh, Baylor's awfully good. Kansas awfully good. Kansas State, Kansas on tonight, maybe as we speak. I don't know how long we've been talking, but uh, but uh, that'll be a huge game tonight. Kansas State already beat them in Manhattan. Now they're going to, uh, to the fog and see if they can beat them over there. But uh, there are four teams that have jumped out to me as I was thinking about. It. Houston is one of them. Houston can go to the final four. They're good enough defensively. They're good enough athletically. They're well coached. Uh, the freshman, uh, I want to say his name is Carter, has just been unbelievable. Uh, but they're really good. Uh, clearly, Edie is the best country, player in the country for Purdue. Uh, they've got a chance to be in the Final Four. A very good chance. Um, and um, you know, Coach Schwartz's old old stomping grounds is they're really good. Tennessee, Tennessee might be one of the best defensive teams in the in the country. I don't think they're quite as good as Houston not quite as athletic as Houston but uh, Tennessee is is a threat to make it to the final four uh they had a, a disappointing loss to uh, to Kentucky a couple weeks ago when Kentucky wasn't playing great but uh, but they're really good and and the team that lost three in a row recently but I still think is uh, is got has got a great chance to get there too is Kansas the um, yeah. tonight game is really really important to their chances though
2: Coach uh, Dave's since Coach brought up Georgia Tech, obviously they made a change this year in football. You know, and Coach Passner um, and the the Jackets got doubled up last weekend by Duke. I think it's eighty six to forty three. Yeah, um, they're really bad. They're really Pat, bad. Pat, Pat Kelsey's uh, doing such a tremendous job down at Charleston, twenty and two, and then uh, prior to Charleston and did so well at Winthrop. So, uh, do you think? Is he someone that Georgia Tech could set their sights on?
0: I don't know. You, I mean, you and the AD down at Georgia Tech are big buddies, so uh, yeah. you, know, you should have some inside there.
1: Yeah. By the way, I was going to mention, speaking of Tennessee, congratulations to Rick Barnes. He was inducted, or will be inducted, into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame, of course, being from Hickory. So I want to give a shout-out to Coach Barnes. That's a really big deal, and – uh, speaking of women's basketball for East Carolina, really proud of Rosie Thompson, who I hey, like. A Rosie lot. Thompson, yeah, I'm happy for her that uh, what's it, twenty five hundred points? Coach uh, Bubba helped me out, something like that. She has it's an amazing when you think about. Okay, let's say that every player stayed four years, twenty five hundred. If you stayed all four years, that's a lot of points.
0: Rosie, Rosie was a great player. She was a great coach. She was even better. At being a, a an administrator, uh, whether it be the senior women's women's administrator or compliance officer or whatever title she had, and and on top of that, she's even a better person. Uh, she she is a she is an absolute asset uh, for the university and for this whole community. Just one of the best, one of the best people in college sports I've ever met.
1: No doubt. I've been trying to get our good friend Jeff Charles. Uh, one day that he can make it into the Sports Hall of Fame. And, and I know that another one of our friends that uh, people have nominated is Brian Bailey, who I think a lot of uh, for WNCT Channel 9 for the Hall of Fame.
0: Uh, he's a UVA fan. I don't know what we need. Him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, some of those rivalries run deep, don't they, Coach?
0: <laughs> we got we to keep Brian humble.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Now, Coach,
2: uh, when you got out of coaching or maybe even back – when you were coaching, um, you see um, coaches like Terry Holland. Terry Holland re- retired um, from coaching very early. Um, they were what, early 90s or so, and uh, went in, maybe even late 80s, went into administration and uh, did so well on that side of things at Davidson, Virginia, and East Carolina. Is that something you ever considered?
0: You know, I, I really never thought about the AD stuff. Um, you know, I, I always thought I'd just coach. Uh, but I will say working with Coach Holland uh, and working in administration after I, I finished coaching here was, uh, was a lot of fun. And he let me do a lot of neat things. I was involved with some of the, uh, you know, realignment league studies, that kind of thing. He let me be involved with several different hires. Um, then I had some mundane things like whether it be the car dealer program or, uh, or some of the other things that I, that I was in charge of, uh, uh, athletic, uh, housing, uh, coordinating with the the folks across campus and all the coaches and all the different teams. So, uh, but I, I really started to enjoy it a little bit, but, uh, I didn't enjoy it so much that I didn't miss coaching. And, uh, and I certainly, uh doing the television is the next closest thing because I, I get to be around the games, get to go to the games, get to go to the practices and, uh, um, and then still get to sleep well after the games. Unlike when I was coach.
1: Uh, I bet a lot of sleepless nights, right? Coach is really tough. when, yeah. I, And I say that when coaching at the, I mean, high school level or even rec or whatever, whenever I, even when I win games that it's really hard, that adrenaline that, it, you know, it's, I don't see how you can coach and not have that adrenaline. And then, you know, you're on such a high. If you win, you're not, you're, you're, you feel devastated. I don't like to lose. So, and more importantly to your players, I I'm, I was always, I've always been protecting my players. And when you see them, it's kind of like having sons. When you see them and they're devastated, they lost. That's the worst feeling in the world is you want so bad as a coach. Not that you're like your ego, like you're like for me, it's all about me, but just the fact that you want to see those guys when they put in the work at practice to win a game or win games.
0: Yeah. There, there's nothing really like it uh, being part of a, of a team trying to achieve something bigger than your individual self and uh, the buy-in that everybody, that it takes from everybody to, to do that kind of thing. Uh, um, I, I've never experienced any other thing just like that. um uh, uh, being part of something bigger than yourself, waking up every day with the the first thought you have is how do I make this thing better uh, is, uh, is something that I have not been able to replace in retirement, to be honest.
1: Uh, by the way, a quick note for our friends that are at the, we have uh, some fr- uh, friends of ours in Pirate Nation. It's EC United, the Carolina Hurricanes, and they're losing now. Well, they were up when we started the show. Now they're down four to two in the third. So, uh hopefully the Hurricanes can can do that. We got a win on ECU night. Come on, Hurricanes. So uh are you a Hurricanes fan? Do you like hockey at all, Coach?
0: Not really. You know, I, I'll watch it a little bit. Uh we went to some hockey games, some uh, uh not the top level hockey, but uh but minorly hockey games when I was in college and it was fun to go to, but uh but no, I didn't I never really got into hockey.
1: It's kind of like I always say baseball hockey, um uh, and obviously NASCAR, they're much better in person, in my opinion. They're not the TV, like sports like basketball and football are. Um, speaking of NASCAR, you said you wanted to, we're running long with you tonight as always, but uh, talk about those new rules. Help me out on NASCAR. I've been, I'm in my day job and then I've got kids to play ball. So as you know, we're running late, uh, starting to show my daughter, but she didn't win the game. But what about NASCAR? How? What are you? What are the new rules? Share with
0: us. The big one, uh, there are a bunch of little ones, but the, the biggest thing was on road courses this year, and this has been a problem since they instituted the stages. Uh, stages ruined road course racing in terms of strategy. Road courses used to be the, the place where crew chiefs could get the most creative with strategy and doing different things, You know, whether it's taking tires or pitting or short pitting or long pitting or play until the end of the race kind of thing. Um, it, it was really a lot of fun to watch that part of the race. But because you had these cautions at the stages, that that became, uh, you know, no longer in existence. Uh, everybody was pretty much on the same schedule all the time. So now what they're going to do for the road courses is there are going to be stages. They'll award points, but no cautions. You'll just keep racing. Which I think is just wonderful. Uh, it'll, it won't interrupt the flow of the race. It'll allow people to be more creative with their strategy calls and that kind of thing. Uh, and there, there, there's been a cry for that from the crew chiefs all along. But uh, I don't know that the fans paid all that much attention. But this is going to be a really good thing for, uh, for road course racing. Uh, another thing that fans will notice is they've only used wet weather tires for road courses. Now they're saying they might use it at Martinsville or Richmond or North Wilkesboro for the all-star race, uh, New Hampshire. There are like eight different tracks that they said they would consider using uh, the, the wet tires, uh, wet weather tires for, for those events. And that's a big departure from the past where if it rained at all, uh, you know, they just you know were on hold till it dried up.
1: What are your thoughts? Uh, first, I'm going to ask you because I like it. I like when they have these different events, like uh, at the LA Coliseum. Do you like that? I know it's really like an exhibition, but I'm a fan. of uh, You don't like it?
0: I don't. It's it's a, it's a gimmick. I don't like that. I don't want the dirt at Bristol. Bristol is is you know concrete. It should be run on concrete. And uh, the thing in LA is a as a PR stunt. Hey, have at it. I'll watch it. I'll watch them regardless. Uh, but but. That's not that's not
1: NASCAR. All right. And uh, Bubba and I, we're we're actually going with our buddy, uh, Mike Ray, um, to Martinsville. I'm hoping I can get a grandfather clock for my house. I don't know if they'll give me one or not. And Martinsville, that's my birthday. What do you think, Bubba? You think they'll give me a birthday? That's two days after my birthday for that race. And Martinsville has always been on my bucket list. So I'm hoping they'll give me the grandfather clock. Uh, But. The other thing I was going to mention beyond that was about North Wilkesboro. I'm a huge fan of them bringing the all-star race. What do you think about that?
0: Love it. I think that'll be, I mean, we Wilkes, North Wilkesboro and and Rockingham, we ought to be racing both those places.
1: No doubt, especially when they, uh, with Rockingham, I, I know they haven't had one in a number of years, but at least have the truck series, uh, Xfinity, something um, to there. And then I know coach with, uh, Nashville with that uh, was the State Fair track they have there in Nashville. I'm not talking about North Carolina. I'm talking about Tennessee. I'm happy that uh, the Smith family, different one, people are uh, putting money in the tracks. Thanks, uh, thank goodness. Regardless of politics, happy that Governor Cooper and the state legislature they're giving money to these local tracks with uh, Wake County Speedway, different ones that are um, that need the money, and uh, that's where the juice is. Is you get those fans on a Friday or Saturday night, whatever night on short track racing, and then hopefully they'll move up to NASCAR. I, I'm,
0: I'm all for that. Uh,
1: no doubt. I know Bubba wants to go circle back. To yeah, basketball.
2: just circling back to, to basketball, Coach. Um, Come I'm on, Bubba.
1: To I'm sorry? <laughs> Bubba's not a NASCAR fan. Can you tell that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I,
2: wouldn't I wouldn't know what to say, Coach. <laughs> but uh, I talked about the success Charleston's. Had twenty and two, um, clearly uh, one of the teams that could very well make a run in the tournament uh, to the Sweet Sixteen or something, or, or who knows, maybe beyond. Uh, you, you have Utah State. Ryan Odom uh, has them playing uh, really well. Uh, New Mexico's eighteen and three, and uh, um, you have Saint Mary's out there in the, the West Coast Conference, who's um, you know has a strong tradition. But you know, who are some of the those um, Cinderellas, if you will, that? And that make March Madness
0: so great. Uh, who do you foresee some of them being this year? Yeah, you mentioned Charleston. They're a great story, uh, yeah, and um, he's doing a really good job. I, I was working on them today. I do the first two uh, rounds of the Colonial Tournament in Washington D.C. Wish it was still back in Charleston, but we go to Washington D.C. and it's still uh, still a lot of fun. They keep us in a great place down on the riverfront and all that. But uh, I'm looking forward. This will be my. Tenth straight year of doing the Colonial Tournament, um, and I'm looking forward to, to Coach Kelsey's team. And I watched them on film a little bit today. And he's got an old team. He's got, and weirdly enough, the transfer portal for him, he, he has utilized it. But he's going to after to Division Two and Division Three guys. And uh, he's got a couple from someplace called West Liberty. Uh, and, and he's done a really good job with them. But, yeah, you're, you're right about them and uh, that they're doing really well. One team, and of course, they're not totally off the radar, is uh, Xavier is awfully good. Uh, you know, that they're, you know, one of the teams that's not in a power five league. Uh, you know, that that's a good league. Providence is always good. And, you know, we're used to Villanova winning that thing. But uh, but Xavier is back. They, they've they been down for a few years and and uh, Mount St. Mary's. They might win the, the West. Coast conference this time they uh they're awfully good gonzaga's showing a little weakness and gonzaga's still very good now they but they don't have those nba guys like they normally have uh, uh another team in that league that's really good that's going into the big 12 with with cincinnati and houston and ucf is brigham young uh they've had a couple of just heartbreaking losses and uh uh i think they've only had two league losses and uh uh i, I I think they're going to get at least three teams in and maybe four teams out of that league uh, in the thing. And uh, St. Louis is a team that uh, is probably still leading the uh, the A-10. Um, and the A-10 hasn't performed quite. I thought Dayton was going to be a little better. BCU is starting to play a little bit better. Davidson's down a little bit. St. Bonaventure's not quite as good. But St. Louis uh, is pretty darn good with Coach Ford. Coach, I
1: had to uh, reminiscing there when you were talking about the Colonial I miss the days of when East Carolina was in the colonial and going to Richmond Coliseum. Uh, those were, those were fun. I remember one of my uh, guys we knew uh, that went to the tournament. He was a George Mason fan and he got mad because they had that, that bar, that lounge that was in the Coliseum. And he was upset that his hands smelled like smoke. He was like George Costanza on Seinfeld. <laughs> he was, instead of watching the ball game, he was more focused on talking about his hands smell like smoke. So uh, <laughs> Uh, crazy stuff there, but uh, that was one of the things I loved about that league is that a lot of great teams, a lot of uh, the geographic part, I do miss that part I guess I'm sentimental, but I enjoyed that it was a bus drive away especially the war on the shore with uh, Wilmington has always been one that I'm like, we better beat Wilmington and we have a hard time, especially at Trask Coliseum against them, but I miss those days of the
0: Colonial yeah, me too. Uh, at VCU, we were right in the middle of the league, and we literally could take day trips to American, uh, to Mason, to JMU, to William Mary, ODU. We could, take, we could take five day trips if we wanted to. And, obviously, Richmond, six day trips. Wouldn't even have to spend the night if we didn't want to.
1: I hadn't thought about, wow, that's a good point with all the close-up. But those, those were the days, as they say. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we let you go, uh, as far as there's anything that you want to change, as far as basketball, any of the rules, uh, I know some of the people talking about with the ladies' basketball. Unfortunately, Kim and Neil's team I just saw Bubba put up there lost tonight, unfortunately, and good luck to the men with USF as well. But would you recommend? This is something I've been talking to f- uh, friends about. I'm trying to help me understand this, but some of the guests we've had on in the past, they want to move to the 10-minute quarters versus the two halves why is that a, why is that such a big deal? I'm just so old school I love the the two halves or 20 minute halves
0: Well a couple of things have happened with the women that I think uh, does make it a viable uh, you know it, it makes it something to think about There's a little bit more flow because the the timeouts are are, are a minute down the road they're they're after five minutes instead of four minutes um, and then the, the second thing there seems to be less fouling. Because there's no one-in-one. One. You go straight. When you go into the bonus, you go into the two-shot bonus. Oh, and wow. there seems to be less fouling. There's less free throw shot. Uh, and I think both of those things would help the men. A little bit more flow, a little bit less fouling. Uh, I, I think that would actually help a little bit.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, I'm having to – I love it with the women's game, but, you know, I have, I've gotten used to it. So, one of these days I think it's coming, so i have to get used to it. I'm an old dog with the new tricks. And uh, coach, do you have any books you're working on right now? We love to promote you before uh, every time we have any books. (laughs) No,
0: no, I I mean, a bunch of people want me to write one. You know, the last one was uh, what I'm about to tell you is the truth or could be. And a lot of people are clamoring for the truth. But uh, I don't know if I have another one left in me or not.
1: All right. Well, hopefully we do. And uh, we'll be there at the book signing when you do. Coach, uh, by the way, do you have a game coming up that you can promote that – we can watch you on television uh,
0: Thursday night. Uh, I'll be on the ACC Network Extra with Syracuse at Virginia Tech, and uh, I'll be actually I'll be at Virginia Tech, NC State on Monday, but I'll just be doing Virginia Tech radio on that day, not on TV that day.
1: All right, Coach. We're looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for all the extended visit. Appreciate it, and uh, hopefully our Pirates can start winning some more basketball games.
0: Always fun, guys. Thank you all for having
1: me. Have a good night, my friend. You too. All right. Bye bye. Appreciate coach. Mac is always coming on with us tonight. And I know, uh, Bubba, uh, very excited to have him on and, uh, spending some time. I know that we've got, uh, about 10 minutes or so. Uh, we've got a few things uh, that we want to talk about. In fact, uh, coach, uh, gave us a lot of great content, but how about, uh, whole nailers, uh, third straight, uh, MVP. When you look at the bowl game, uh, and then two, uh, Great, great games, and all of a sudden now he has three MVPs.
2: Yeah, and that record-setting performance that he had against Coastal Carolina down in Birmingham, um, six total touchdowns, five passing. Then he goes down to the Hula Bowls, a perfect yep. 10 out of 10, I think. I want to say around 130 yards. Don't hold me to that. Uh, but then uh, then he goes out to the Rose Bowl and gets a late, know, I mean, fairly late invite there for that, uh, one of three Pirates in that game. As a matter of fact, also had Noah Henderson as well as C.J. Johnson and, um, and Holton, I think nine out of 12 for about 170 yards and a touchdown. So in those two games, he combined to go something like 19 out of 22 uh, for right around 300 yards, give or take, and a couple touchdowns. And uh, in those touchdown passes, I want to say were both in excess of 25 yards. So. And what a tremendous showing! Um, but it's not just those performances in the game; it's what transpired, all the, all the uh, contacts that he made, you know, all the the practice in front of the the coaches and scouts, and uh, everything that those games entail. And uh, like his agent Bill Johnson told him that, you know, when you get an opportunity to do that, uh, you need to go and put your best foot forward and do everything you can to get your name out there.
1: And Holton certainly did that. And then some. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else he could do. Having uh the, the bowl game was fantastic. And then with the Hula Bowl and the NFLPA, I guess, bowl, uh, like you said, out there in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to him. And as far as the Super Bowl, how about Linville Joseph and the Super Bowl, Bubba? Uh, is that who you're pulling for?
2: Yeah, uh, it's funny because – Normally, I would have pulled for the Chiefs. Um, you know, I'm not, certainly not a diehard Chiefs fan by any means, but um, between those teams, I'm definitely more of a Chiefs fan historically. But got to pull for, for Linville. I uh, want uh, Linville Joseph uh, to get him a Super Bowl ring. And uh, you also had Deontay Smith. That's what I was really pulling for. Cincinnati. Um, to, I, was, I was hoping you're going to have a pirate on each side there. Um, representing the NFC and ASC, um, but the Bengals obviously came up a little
1: bit shy. Tremendous game against the Chiefs there at Arrowhead. Man, uh, people talking about NFL, I love the NFL, and uh, they always deliver. And Super Bowl, I'm trying to get used to the fact, I forgot, with being 17 games. So we have Pro Bowl this coming Sunday, and then uh, Sunday week will be the Super Bowl. So they'll be out in Arizona. That should be great. Uh, how about the pirate club numbers, Bob? I know you want to talk about that.
2: Yeah. And just wanted to pass along, uh, year end numbers. Um, you know, we knew we were right around 6,000 mm-hmm. as far as donors, 5,846 was that number again, 5,846 pirate club members in 2022, 5,643 student pirate club members. And, um, just shy of uh, $6.5 million, $6.4 million raised for the Pirate Club in 2022. Uh, so definitely uh, some significant progress, but still uh, a long way to go to get back to, to and beyond where we once were because, of course, that high water mark, which is about 15 years ago now, was 83 or 8,400 Pirate Club members.
1: Yeah, but I think that we can uh, – it's going to take time, but I do think that uh... – it comes down to one thing, Bubba, and that is winning. And so we got to keep winning in football. And obviously uh, we'll talk about a uh, nice segue here we'll do for baseball. Season tickets uh, officially sold out, right?
2: Yeah, and that, that news was put out there today um, by East Carolina Athletics and the ECU Baseball Twitter account. 2,700-plus um, uh, exchanged uh, some messages with Coleman Spain to retrieve that number. The previous record was a little over 2,200, and that was last year. So this year, uh, we eclipsed that by uh, a little little over 500 tickets, and uh, that's awesome to hear. And folks, don't worry. um, Jungle tickets will be going on sale here in the coming weeks, as was noted
1: uh, in that announcement. No doubt. And just go to ecupirates.com. Or you can call them at one eight hundred Dial East. So you get your tickets. And speaking of tickets, uh, coming up in February, right, will be season tickets for football. It's coming up. Yes, uh, actually. So tomorrow, uh, season tickets
2: wow. go on sale. Yeah, That's as, right. as we're That's li- live here on January thirty first. You know, if you're listening to this archived uh, in podcast form, um, pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, um, you'll be able to call one eight ECU and order your season tickets. Last year we sold just shy of sixteen thousand and that is the goal this year, sixteen thousand. But let's blow that out of the water. Um, let's not it, just it. let's not just increase it by 150, 175 tickets, whatever it was. Uh, let's let's get up there half 18,000. You have six home games as opposed to seven and um, with the success the program has had the last two years. We need to continue to uh, step up and and uh, increase that season ticket number, just like just like we are our pirate
1: club number, no doubt. And uh, another thing to do is uh, I have two friends that are not traditional pirates like we are, Bubba, and uh, you've met them, I believe, and they actually have come to the games and they have enjoyed it. So they're going to come back with me again this year. And then we have other guys that went to East Carolina. Who, uh, you nudge them, come on, come to the game. And they're very excited and now that we're winning. You know, it's funny. And when in the Mo era, Bubba, you remember when we first met, I couldn't give away my seat, like get people to go with me. I couldn't even give the tickets away. Um, and now we have people that are, hey, do you have uh, extra tickets for ECU? So a good problem to have. And again, get your season tickets for football. And that's starting on February 1st. That was being Wednesday tomorrow if you're watching live. Um, You can get that ecupirates.com. Call Coleman, everybody at the ticket office, 1-800-DIAL-ECU. And that's obviously during business hours. No doubt. And I wanted
2: to circle back to uh, Holton. And when he was named MVP of the NFL PA Bowl out there in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl, um, well played by Coach Houston. Uh, Much was made. Uh, You hear the clip all the time on Pirate Radio, uh, the local politics bud. Uh, so Coach Houston referenced that uh, after the success that Holton had this year and then also in the All-Star Games. Uh, just local politics, bud. Uh, well done, Coach Houston.
1: Yeah, well played, Coach. And In fact, uh, I was thinking about that today, knowing we were going to talk about Holton, is the fact that his legacy will be – in other words, once now that he's gone, uh, people can't bash him anymore. And I think they'll see that uh, that he's gone and uh he was great and uh, a really good quarterback a lot better than uh people made him out to be it's a team sport too but that's a whole nother show and I don't want to digress I appreciate everybody tonight in fact uh bubba do you have anything with, before we go?
2: I'd say just like we just discussed um make sure you're going ahead and getting those season tickets and, and rejoining the pirate Club, uh, so you can uh support
1: the program um, the best your situation allows you to. And by the way, fans, one more thing before we get out of here. We're running long tonight. Uh, Well, it's time-wise, but I just want to remind everybody to give to the Pirate Club and especially to Pirates Unite. Um, Bubba, we're over 25% of the way there, but we want to get that indoor. Uh, By the way, um, that's one thing I want to mention. Um, The goal is uh, to go. You can go to ecpirate.com, donate. Um, you're getting double the points so you're getting like if you give uh, a two point normally it would be two points you get four points so uh, on the one hundred dollars so every hundred dollars you give um, you'll get more points that way and do it because we need that indoor practice facility and Bubba their goal is to have the money raised by the end of 2023 so come on pirate nation uh, let's go ahead and give you can call them at two five two seven three seven forty five forty call the pirate club If you like me, uh, they love me there. (laughs) Um, But I do stay in touch with them because I'm trying really hard to give uh, as much as I can. And again, go to ecupirateclub.com and um, join the Pirate Club. If you, hey, Bubba, I want to say this real fast. If you simply give up some Starbucks coffee, a couple of those, uh, two or three of those a month, you can be a Pirate Club. Just think about that. Just a couple, like two or three cups of Starbucks coffee and you can give that up and be a Pirate Club member. So do that again, 252-737-4540 or go to ecupirateclub.com. All right. We missed Matt and uh, Kyle tonight. I know they're busy uh, for sure. Bubba, thank you so much. Enjoyed Coach Mac. Appreciate all your hard work. And um, we're going to get out of here. Do you have anything before we go? Nope. <laughs> all right. That was easy enough. Don't forget, we'll have uh, coming up in a couple weeks, we'll have our Preview, uh, we'll actually have our debut of the new season um, of Extra Innings. We'll have that. And Mike Rooney of ESPN will have him on very, very soon.
2: Yes, uh, R- Rooney, um, Mike, uh, obviously enjoy having runes on. Um, that was going to be Sunday night, as some of you probably saw, um, but canceled that broadcast because um, runes have been under the weather uh, and didn't have much of a voice. Uh, so that is being rescheduled and uh, will be taking place here in the next – a, a week or two uh, leading into the season. And we'll also have Scott Rogers, the second year play-by-play voice of East Carolina baseball uh, sure. on the show. I'm sure we'll have Trent Brett on from Next Level Training Center, um, probably Coach O. Uh, we'll oh, have yeah. a lot of a lot of baseball coverage headed your way. Um, be sure to follow us on social media. That is something, Dave, I wanted to mention okay. that I failed to uh, on Twitter at Esports OBJ on TikTok and Instagram. At the sports objective, like and follow us on Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel
1: where we're approaching 750 subscribers. I love it, man! I love it, Bubba. I gave you that. You know, we talked about that back in 2018, and in the first year, uh, we. But we've been working hard, thanks to you, since 2019 and beyond. I know on that. So great feat, and can't wait to get to the that plateau of a thousand. That's going to be. Uh, 250 subscribers away i can't wait for that moment all right we'll get out of here thank you so much to everybody appreciate all our great sponsors appreciate all the fans and Pirate nation and as always good night everybody and go pirates we got their back. This is our house, this is our town. our top, everyone one, night, copy that. Everybody in the stands go bananas, speed that we don't hold back. Every foot, every yard, every first down, every touchdown with the cannons
0: flat. Get it on, get it all, get the wave going like a hurricane, you